9-11 was an outside job. <laughs> Fake news, false flags, chemtrails. Okay, I I'm not sure what to make of uh, this. It appears that a black Trump supporter has mounted a morbidly obese Muslim transgender member of, of, of the NRA while she's performing an abortion on a pro-life, pro-gay Nazi? We here at Fox support parts of this? I, I don't... I'm not... Uh, the rainbow is good, but not on a swastika, right? Can someone please connect this to Russia? Anybody! <laughs> My God, I think they just broke cable news. Confused. Can't inflame issues. Must mislead the masses. I can't... Can't force to agenda. Go to commercial! Go to commercial! Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack! You know, um, yeah. Sir Seat Sitter, I'm not quite sure the he interviewed David Ike. Does Sir Seat Sitter have a show that I, that I should know about? I'm probably an yeah. idiot. But he, everyone has it. Have you noticed everybody that listens to our show has a show? Fact check true. It's Abs in a Six Pack. We're joined today by Darren O'Neill of Random Thoughts and Grumpy Old Bins and the twice weekly rock and roll pre show, which you can hear right before No Agenda on the No Agenda stream. And Caleb's here. He's in the house. Literally, Caleb is in the house. Hey, I'm in. The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, wait, this is an actual show you're doing here? I thought that we were just chatting. This is a real podcast? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean by real? <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's very real. We are a part of your reality, and we are honored to be a part of your reality. How you doing, Darren? It's been a minute. It's been... Uh... It's been at least uh, 40 episodes, I think, or more. Since for you, last... that's a lot of time because the episodes are like eight hours a piece. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it seems that way. Um, but things are good. I mean, continuous uh, putting out content, which is always fun. And uh, there's always something to talk about. I mean, that is uh, people were afraid that Biden coming in was I mean, Trump let's be honest, was the star of the mainstream news. But Biden is the star for anybody that wants to <laughs> cover news that nobody else is actually talking about. Right. We choose truth over facts. Yeah. Man, yeah Biden. Did, did you see did you see him the other day when somebody actually dared to remind him that he called Putin a killer? And asked if he still had that thought, you know, if he, that was still his mindset. And he just he couldn't respond. He just like stood there like a kid at school who knows that he had to get up in front of the class and give a report. But he didn't do the work and he has no idea what to say. And he just kind of gets up there and looks down and goes. And just stands there. That was kind of what <laughs> Biden did. But Biden, how many frogs make up the bodysuit that you inhabit? 740 million billion. Uh, 740 million billion frogs is how many That's, frogs are inside the Joe Biden bodysuit. I believe it. That's like what a little kid says, too. If you're like, how much money do you think somebody makes? You're like, oh, 15 million billion trillion dollars. 
Show. Well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth, a trillion four hundred billion worth, out of a billion four hundred million. Excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. It's hard to even say it. It's so much. It is hard. <laughs> oh man. Man, who is pulling the strings? That is going to be what people will be talking about for the next three and a half years or more, depending. <laughs> With an emphasis on the depends. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's 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 very, uh, very much scary. And I just talked about that on my episode of Random Thoughts today um, that the Biden stuff's getting very concerning. I you know, I understand it's easy to laugh it off. And we are because it is ridiculous when it comes down to it. But then you understand that he is the most powerful man in the free world, allegedly. And when you when you had Trump, I mean, he said a lot of stupid crap. There's no question about it. But he could have a coherent conversation. Even if you didn't agree with them, you could have a coherent conversation. And maybe he threw something crazy in every now and then. Biden, not coherent all crazy and then you start the realization that if somebody else is pulling the strings that's a whole lot of power to have and you don't have any of the fallout because you're just behind the scenes and i don't think it's a question that barack obama and susan rice and valerie jarrett and the usual suspects are on that little team that is pulling this joe strings yeah I, uh, I was trying to think of uh, another a pairing because we have Susan Rice. I was thinking, is there a politician that has the last name Beans? So we can do a little rice and beans combo, <laughs> but I couldn't think of one. So, wah, wah, wah. But it is ridiculous. Ridiculous. That Joe Biden is uh, in, the, in the position he's in. I, uh, myself and a lot of other people, we're kind of positing early on into the 2020 election that they're just running Joe Biden because they want Trump to win. But apparently that was not the case. I mean, that may have been for some people. It was one of those things like, oh, there's no way this will actually happen. There's no yeah. way Joe could actually win. And then they're like, what? What? He he did? Really? Oh, crap. Uh, now what do we do? Right. Yeah. Um so I, I I did I did line up a handful of clips um, before we get into uh, the monetary aspect because you guys were talking Bitcoin on Grumpy Old Bins on Monday. So I, I did pull a couple clips related to that, which and I did agree with most of what you've said, despite uh, some despite, pushback. Despite the, the zealots, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, John Stewart also on Monday night went on Stephen Colbert and. Uh, he gave a little ode, a little shout out to Tim Dillon, which I thought was great. My daughter is home because she just got uh, uh, her fifth vaccine. Oh, wow. We are so careful. I'm, I want to get the vaccine more than twice. I'd like to get it six or seven times. <laughs> and he he laid out not necessarily the most compelling argument i've ever heard but th did you catch that darren on uh night no, I, I did not yeah i don't watch the colbert show but this was all over twitter and i picked up on it monday night and i was like well this is good content uh this was uh here's the first clip of john stewart on colbert that i've pulled and i think you will uh 
Well, I, we'll break it down. I know Adam had some stuff to say about it, too. Adam Curry did. But. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> And that's kind of... Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that I'm to you. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm all for spit takes. What do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, there's so a, perhaps there's, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab, there's an investigation? A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? the Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> And you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, look at the name, can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. wait a second. Wait a what about second. this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a... Uh, Steam shovel mated with a cocoa bean. Or it's the <laughs> chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as well, as we learned early on this show, the virus was invented. I just love the idea. Like, I, I just think it's hilarious that everybody's giving Jon Stewart all this credit. Like, oh, my God, he's making some really good points, even though we've been saying this for a year and four months now. But now that Jon Stewart says it, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, but you, you forget that morons on the left had been using Jon Stewart for their news for a long, long time. Well, yeah, he was I mean, a that, better news source than most of the other stuff on cable. I'll tell you that. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I mean, Jon Stewart, I mean, uh, when it comes to these late night guys, I mean, Colbert was completely hate Trump. He was completely Trump deranged. Mm -hmm. uh, guys like Jon Stewart, even though they're biased, was a little bit more rational overall. Uh, guys like Bill Maher the same way. He mm -hmm. occasionally says things that are totally against what the left is pushing and says they're full of crap where Colbert will never do that, it seems. So, you know, you can give a little bit of, um, you know, credit to John Stewart. I mean, the fact is he's saying these things like three seconds after if, if anybody else on the right would have said that they would have been kicked off of social media. You wouldn't have been able to play that clip on yeah, YouTube. Exactly. You wouldn't have been able to play that clip on Facebook. You wouldn't have been able to play that clip on Twitter. You would have all been kicked off. But 
now it is okay because the people in the Biden administration are willing to to look at this all of a sudden. And this is a uh, you know, it's a multifaceted thing, but this shows you why this knee jerk reaction by social media to silence people on stuff that has not been well investigated is very scary stuff. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, too, that all of a sudden they're saying, like, maybe it was made in the lab. We need to look into this. That makes me think that all of these people on the left that were saying, like, oh, it was definitely not made in the lab. It came from the bat. It came from the wet market. It's like they secretly or maybe not even secretly just didn't bring it out to the public spectrum that they thought it came from a lab, too. And they were just waiting for enough time to pass for them to be able to say it themselves. Well, and it was the CDC and the WHO. Those organizations went, oh, no, here's what it is. And God forbid you go against the science, even though uh, we saw how quick the left, once the CDC said, yeah, you know, the mask, you don't really need to wear those anymore. There's like, oh, no, wait, no, we, we don't. All of a sudden, they don't believe the science. So it's, it's amazing how quick things <laughs> but, change. Booberry had a great anecdote. Uh, he was I, I he texted me, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now. He's at the he was at a dinner with this guy and the guy was worried because not, not everybody was wearing masks, even though they were vaccinated. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just worried about no, no, these, not everybody's wearing masks. And Booberry said to him, well, you got to trust, trust the science and trust the experts. And the guy was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Talk to him right down, Booberry. Good job. <laughs> uh, I do. Uh, as we learned on the third episode of the show in early 2020, because this virus essentially was invented, <laughs> the virus was invented. Um, so, yeah, I uh, finishing up this John Stewart clip because this is where I think it gets a little interesting. That could be. That could be. That that could By be. The way, Let me- I gave them all tuberculosis. Yes. <laughs> That could that could very well be, and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said like it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. No, I- what is it? Stop with the logic and people and things. Is this controlled opposition? Is this? Um, why did John Stewart bring that up right there? Stop with the logic and people and things. I think he was being sarcastic. That, yeah. You know, we we can't bring logic into this because that's. Not what we've been taught to do by the mainstream over the last few years. Logic does has no place. Logic has no place. Otherwise, people would be going back. And if you heard one person in the mainstream media say, oh, you know what Trump said about X, Y and Z? (laughs) He was right. After all, we figured it out. No, nobody ever wants to admit that anything the guy ever said was right. And again, he said some really crazy stuff. But he was on board with this came out of Wuhan. He was saying it came out of a lab. He was saying that maybe we could do something with UV light internally. And doctors were studying that. Yeah, uh, we, we we all the lies of uh, Trump said to drink bleach. You know, that's not what he said. That's what the Democrats said, you know, repeating, you know, or allegedly repeating what he said. Uh, let's but be nice. He was spot on on so many things that you're never going to hear that. You're never going to he's never going to get any credit for anything, which is kind of, you know, it's uh, not surprising when you know who is telling the story, who has control of the narrative. 
they're never going to give anybody on the other side any credit, which is very sad when it comes down to figuring out history. It's uh, and we're seeing we're rewriting history now from the 16, 17, 1800s and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's like they're rewriting history and they wanted all of this to happen under a Democratic president. So it's like even though they probably knew he was saying stuff that was correct or at least made common sense, but they didn't want to admit it. And now that they do have a Democratic president and everything, they can just start saying all this stuff again. They just have to figure out how to package it just right so that it comes across. And maybe that's what John Stewart's doing here. Maybe he's a mouthpiece for the Democratic side, for the left side, for them to start being able to come out and say this kind of stuff and separate it from anything Trump ever said. Because they have someone like Jon Stewart, who the left loves, come out and say something like this to someone like Colbert, who just hated Trump the whole time. (laughs) So now they have a good platform to come in and be like, oh, you know, this stuff that I just thought about all of a sudden, I never thought about this before. Maybe it did come from the lab. And then all the other stuff, the UV light, the uh, hydroxychloroquine, all that kind of stuff is probably in the next year or so going to come out as being like, oh, this stuff actually does work. And we found it out because of science. Science. Well, we can't attack a president. I mean, that's possible, but I I don't buy that for a minute. I think uh, Jon Stewart will continue now to be uh, ostracized. He won't have a platform. It's... uh, Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, it's going to be John interesting Stewart, to watch. John Stewart uh, did one of the one of the when Ron Paul was running for president. John Stewart was the only person I saw that played clips in almost a deconstructive, no agenda style. Played clips of how the media was lying, misrepresenting, and attacking Ron Paul and calling him a crazy yeah, old you man. You can't have that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh God, forbid we have the the dollar backed by gold, you know. And John Stewart was, you know. Uh, to his credit, all on board with that. But this, I think, is something different. This, I think, is damage control um, because Colbert wouldn't have, if it was that controversial, the Colbert people would have never let it on the show. I'll just continue with the clip here. Collins and Annie Hitcher said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Yeah, so Fauci is calling for an investigation. B and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and Annie Hitcher said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things the no, name of the disease <laughs> wait a second wait a second the, building. the name of the disease is on the building but fauci is calling for an investigation which brings me to uh this clip from uh, probably almost a month ago now uh the <laughs> fox investigating the chicken coop yeah they're always going to investigate it's like hiring a fox to go investigate Hens, like somebody's eating the hens at night. And the, oh, there's a fox right there. Mr. Fox. Oh, you have feathers sticking out of your mouth and blood all over you. Oh, never mind. Uh, he says, would you like me to investigate? Yes. Will you stand guard over the hens tonight? And then there's. <laughs> and this, of course, abs in a six pack, if nothing else, is the Alex Jones appreciation show. But uh, it. <laughs> he, yeah, he, I mean, have you ever have you ever gotten message to Alex that you'd like to get on your knees and felice Jim uh, that you just <laughs> want to do that? I mean, have you given the offer at least? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I would, yeah, well, yeah, no, <laughs> yes, I yes. letter. OK, countless letter and phone These call. allegations are ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, no, but he, he, uh, 
is probably the greatest human being on the planet. I will, and we'll, and we'll leave it with, with that. Um, but, uh, no, he can't fillet me because cause you got a one inch pecker. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So he, the, the Fox, like I think considering the fact that Anthony Fauci funded the Wuhan lab when it was, Outlawed after it was outlawed in the United States, he funded risky coronavirus research in the Wuhan Lab Institute of China, which Newsweek reported on. I think right. that is the absolute definition of the Fox. And when he calls for an investigation of the Wuhan Lab, that is the absolute definition of the Fox investigating the chicken coop. You stand guard over the hens tonight, and then there's more dead hens the next day, and you just keep wondering, gee, that fox is getting really fat. Mr. Fox, why are you getting so fat? Well, I've just come into a great inheritance of your ignorance and you're letting me eat all the hens. And let me just tell you some of the other stuff coming up today. And then I'll go into each area of the news and tell you about the big guests we've got. But 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 first, but 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 I went over to my parents on Memorial Day. My dad grilled hamburgers. And my mom made baked beans and deviled eggs. It was all delicious. <laughs> I just had Sounds to leave. good. <laughs> I had to leave the <laughs> I had to leave that last part in. It was all it was all delicious. Baked beans and hamburgers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's something you don't get on the mainstream media. They don't just cover a story and then tell you what they had for dinner the night before. You just don't get that kind of personal attention like you will from Alex. Uh, yeah. But I, mean, I don't think there's any question that Fauci's in full cover his own ass mode. And I don't know. Uh, this, I think that Fauci is more than anything. He is a political creature, and we've seen that because under either Trump or Biden, he'll say completely different things and he'll change his mind. And there's no question that he was funding that lab. Of course, he's going to pretend that he didn't know what was going on there. But other people have pulled out his quotes from years ago saying that he did believe that gain of function research was worth the risk, even though a pandemic could be spawned. These kind of things happen. These leaks out of labs happen way more than we know. I mean, it's just they usually happen and it's nothing big. This one obviously was something that spread worldwide fairly quickly. But Fauci had is on record saying that he believes this type of research is worth the risk. He was definitely sending money. His group was sending money to this lab. Whether Fauci knew, I don't think we're ever going to know that. I don't think there's a smoking gun because I do think he's politically savvy enough to keep the paper trail from hitting him. But I think this is the case of the guy who knew way more than anybody else was the one going on TV going, nope, 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 that's not possible. And uh, it does seem at least possible that yeah. this was uh, mm. a lab leak. Yeah, actually, I was just thinking, uh, I was just theorizing about this earlier. I think one of the things that happened with this whole thing is that it did come, they, they were researching it and it leaked from the lab and they found out that they had people that were sick and stuff and they knew that it was highly contagious, but they had no idea what it was going to do. So they just kind of came up with a story really fast and like the wet market and everything so that they had time to kind of figure out 
what was going on, like whether or not this was just like people are just going to start dropping dead if everybody was going to get this really fast or what was going to happen. And they had just no idea. So they just started like throwing out stuff. It's like, stay inside, put masks on. We have no idea what's going to go on. But they told everybody they're like, oh, this is really bad. This is really bad. And then after probably not that long, a couple months in, they probably figured out, oh, this isn't really as dangerous as we initially thought. So, but we already have all this power over people. We already have people scared. We already have people doing what we want them to do. Let's see how long we can play this out. And then later on down the road, we can slowly start releasing information about where it actually came from and what it actually is. I think that's what we're seeing now with all this kind of stuff is now they're slowly got to roll all this out into the public. Right. China can never admit anything because we now have a worldwide economy. I mean, we've already got Biden and his administration. I mean, more than Biden again, because, you know, puppet, he's not really knowing what he's saying. But talking about a worldwide tax, this concept and Trump was the one that came out with it, which I thought was fantastic, saying that he believed China owed the United States and others like $10 trillion in reparations for unleashing this virus. And this is why China can never admit it. You know, it's, and I did love Trump using the reparation, using that word in particular um, and yeah. saying These that people are crazy. Uh, yeah. Yes, it was great. Yeah. The, it's just know? the idea that Trump was like, uh, well, China owes us $10 trillion for creating this lap leak. Right. Which nobody wanted to believe. But if this is now proven, I don't know if you could ever actually prove it without the help of China. And of course, Nobody wants to incriminate themselves, but the reality seems to be that 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 makes a whole lot more sense than anything else, because from what I understand, if this was a natural thing, (laughs) it would have not been this contagious. That is the main thing that the scientists who have actually studied these kind of things have said. They haven't found the virus in a single bat, let alone a single animal is like if you can't. It came from a bat, but you can't find a single bat that that has it. Mm-hmm. Well, it came from a bat. We took it into a lab. We played around with a few things, and then oh, things went poorly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, I, just finishing up with this. Uh, well, I got hey, I got two more John Stewart clips on because it, everybody's kind of taking the position of oh wow it's crazy that they let John Stewart say all this and yeah John Stewart's right that's crazy when in reality I think this is damage control because you'll notice John Stewart did not mention the fact that Fauci and Gates were funding the Wuhan lab he just talks about the Wuhan lab but we'll we'll continue with John Stewart here from uh, Monday night Wait a second, but I, it could be possible, you could be right, it could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because in Wuhan there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats <laughs> no, anywhere like else. Saying oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> 
the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. Yes. Where they have a lab called... What's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh-huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Ron Johnson. This is not a conspiracy. Here's the it, thing about science. You could be right. Here's, you could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop. And nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, yeah, I don't know if we should do that. Like, a few I agree, years back. I agree with you. If cu- science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, oh, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, okay, well, let's kill 10,000 cats to find out why. And you're like, that's what science does. They, they push things. They, they do the thing like, okay, listen to this. So, a few years back... You know we stopped filming a lot. I understand that. (laughs) See, I I have a different reaction. I don't see this as damage control. I see this as a further splitting of the liberals of the Democrat Party. I think there are a lot of people like Bill Maher who are calling out the Ilan Omars and AOCs as way too far left. I think there are some Democrats ready to take their party back from the far leftist loons who have brought us all of this cancel culture, which is now starting to hit people on the left. And they're like, wait, we need to we need to cut this shit out. Yeah. I hate the Democrats so much. I jerked off to the Zapruder film <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, there's people are like going, whoa, this has gone way too far. And as uh, Bill Maher, as much as I disagree with him and John Stewart, those two guys will be surprisingly based at certain times. Yes, I agree. And they, I mean, it's a, somebody posted uh, something, I think it was Leonidas, the guy that does the, uh, we run a show on the No Agenda stream, that uh, we have just a very small percent of people that are very noisy when it comes to this kind of very extreme stuff. And we're giving them all of the voice. And I think there are people that are finally starting to fight back on that. And whether it'll be uh, successful or not, I don't know, because way too much of the power now isn't even in the control of people we elect. It's in control of big tech who gets to decide whether or not things you say online are heard or seen or whatever, they decide on whether people can interact with you and who you can reach. And I mean, it's it's great to say that we can all have our independent platforms and we do, you know, especially with podcasts, which I know the people on the far left hate the fact that nobody is moderating these crazy podcasts. <laughs> but, you know, if if nobody knows your podcast is there, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that me having my own little server and doing a few shows is anywhere near the reach of what a Facebook or a Twitter or an Instagram or a TikTok has. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, <laughs> there, there, there's going to be, I think it's going to come to a head at a certain point because like, I'm not the first person to point this out, but once you censor off all the interesting people off of your platform, uh, your platform is kind of worthless. It, it already happened to me with YouTube when I noticed of the 100, 150 people I was subscribed to back around 2017 or so, it's like, hmm, looked at my subscriptions on YouTube and over half of them were banned channels. And I was like, well, this sucks. 
It's like all the all the fun people that I follow are banned now. So I went over to BitChute and uh, is yeah, they, they they can only do so much of that before everybody leaves. Right, and how well? But how much of those? How many of those shows actually made it to another platform and kept anywhere near the amount of eyeballs? Well, yeah, as far as keeping the same level of audience, yes. I would say almost none. But uh, over at BitChute, you know, people like Mouthy Buddha and people like that are, you know, they got a 100,000 subscribers. Of course, it's not the 500,000 they used to have, but there's at least it's at least giving. And that's why the Joe Rogan move to Spotify was such a disappointment, because he could have moved over to BitChute or started his own platform. I mean, he's buddies with Elon Musk and Alex Jones and all these people that have the uh, the infrastructure already capable of setting something like that up. It was a bummer to see Rogan move to Spotify when he could have moved to a new platform or started his own and oh, just brought the YouTube audience. In that particular yeah, and- case, I think that he went to Spotify because that's where the audience already is. If he had started his own thing, he would have lost. Like He was already on YouTube. He would have lost like half his audience which is clear with any of these things that have happened. The only person who's really not had a major loss, who still had a loss, but not a major loss, was Alex Jones when he got banned off everything and just went to Infowars.com. Ridiculous! But he still had a loss. It's like no matter what you do, if you go to a new platform, you've got to get an audience. So you have to go somewhere that's either already got an audience or you have to bring all of your audience with you, which is almost impossible. Right, and it's a lot harder if you're kicked off the platform first. It's nice that... uh Rogan had the ability and the opportunity to tell everybody on YouTube, hey, we're going to be doing this. You know, he had months to be like, hey, we're going to be doing this. So if you want to catch my content, you have to go here. Alex Jones didn't really get that because they just pulled the plug on him. But uh, Boopery <laughs> in the uh, troll room is asking, is it the amount of eyeballs or quality of eyeballs? I think it is the amount, because if you go that the quality is more important than the quantity, you're just preaching to the choir. You're talking to the same few people right. and you're not getting your word out there. So, I mean, it's great to have that dedicated audience, but you need the bigger audience. Yeah. And it's not about the credit. It's not, it's not about credit, but it is. Oh, but it is. Right. <laughs> it's not about credit, but it is. No credit. Take cash. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um. All right. Finishing up with this. Uh. John Stewart, I got one more clip from him, and then we can move on. Uh, this is John Stewart about how science will kill us. Can I say this about science? You can, can I say, say anything on? you want about some of my best friends are scientists. It's, and I love them, and they do such... <laughs> some of my best friends are black. <laughs> anything you want about some of my best friends are scientists. It's, and I love them, and they do such good work, but they are going to kill us all. <laughs> atomic bomb, baby, atomic bomb. Atomic bomb, because there are still people... So you have the atomic bomb, and the, if you cut the atom this way, it can power the world with electricity. And if you cut it that way, it can blow everything up. Guess which one we tried first? Like, that's just who we are. Uh, the, 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 a couple of years ago, there was the 1918. You remember the last pandemic, right? Sure. Not so a bunch of scientists. Yes, I've, I've read up. I was there. Look at my beard. Uh, 1918, they, they had a sample that I guess had been in the whatever permafrost lab in the 1918. So the idea was they were going to reanimate it mm. so that they could study it. The 1918 pandemic flu, they had a little sample of it, and it hadn't been a scourge in the earth for 100 years. And they thought to themselves, what if we just, I don't know, woke it up? Do and it. nobody in the room was like, no. 
Do it. Let's not do that. But they did that. Do it. Here's how I believe the world ends. And I say this to you uh, uh, in, in, in sincerity. Okay. It does not end. We are a screwed up world. There's racism, income inequality, fascism, authoritarianism. All these horrible, horrible things. Uh, uh, natural resources that run down. Th- that'll all be fine. <laughs> the world ends. The last words man utters are somewhere in a lab. A guy goes, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with, I agree with pretty much everything John Stewart's saying here. But I think if it was actually a threat to Fauci and Gates and the guys who funded the Wuhan lab, they wouldn't be letting it go on air, and they definitely wouldn't be uploading it to the Late Show Stephen Colbert's YouTube channel. Well, it's no threat because you're never going to put the connection to Fauci and Gates. Even though they've given money to the lab, yeah. you know, it, everybody buys into the not just oh, no, gave no. money to the lab, but they gave money to the lab for the purpose of gain of function coronavirus research. Yeah, but you can't prove that part. That's the uh, that is the get out of jail free card for Fauci. And uh, that with a very corrupt media. I mean, if the media was corrupt in the other way, if the media was corrupt and it was the conservatives that were using their bias to push a narrative, then sure, Fauci would be on a cross right now. But I don't see that change coming for a long, long time. You remember what Fauci said uh, last week? Attacks on me are, uh, quite frankly, attacks on me are attacks on science. So Yes, he is the science, you know. (laughs) Dr. Fauci. He knows what he's doing. He's a political animal who's made a ton of money, who has uh, a very questionable track record of success when you look back through the AIDS and through the first SARS and all that. And it's interesting that Mr. I'm science, when you have the medications like the uh, the hydroxychloroquine, am I saying I always get that runs it um Whichever it is, the one Trump liked, the uh, hydroxy. Hydroxychloroquine, and then there there was also uh, Regeneron. Right, and then the Ivermectin. But uh, we know that the hydroxy worked with the first SARS, or at least showed really big promise. So when you say this second SARS is like 99% the same as the first SARS, but you know, the drug that worked on that one, we can't even look at it. You know, these kind of things are the inconsistencies and as it's been talked about a lot on the no agenda show and i'm sure on your show as well a lot of this is what kind of money can we make solving this problem and if a generic drug that's already out there can solve the problem well fuck we're not going to make any money yeah and they'll they'll prescribe you anything now too big pharma will they'll they'll just prescribe you anything i have a crystal meth medical card yeah well well nick needs it <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i did uh if you listen to yeah, alex jones it's like god's told me and in my heart i know that fauci and gates will be in prison within the decade and it's like man i hope you're right but i'm just not seeing that happening well no nobody's in prison anymore don't you understand the united states is moving quickly to let's abolish all prisons not how are we <laughs> yeah. gonna put how are we gonna put these guys in prison we're abolishing them all because prisons on their face are unfair we don't want to talk about the fact that people actually commit crimes and do others great harm 
But we think, you know, let's let's just sit them down and talk to them because that works with your kids, too. Right. Yeah. Let's just sit fuck them down the and cops. talk to them. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, fuck the cops. It's crazy. I do agree everybody- with the fuck, the fuck the police sentiment at a, to a certain extent because a lot of them are assholes. And but at the same time, it's like if we didn't have cops, we'd be screwed. So there's a there's a fine line that you you need to balance. But I think ending the drug war from a libertarian standpoint, which I don't know, I don't know if I consider myself a libertarian, but I do think the drug war is a huge unconstitutional overreach. And I think if you did that, you would solve most of the racism problems when it comes to cops. Most of the unnecessary deaths are with drugs. Like if you just ended the drug war, the police police work would go back to solving real crimes that involve victims. I mean, yes and no, because look at what's going on in San Francisco, which they have kind of stopped the drug war in San Francisco. People are shooting heroin on the streets. It's happening in well, New York, too. Yeah. But then crime has skyrocketed. Also, yeah, but they, because, they, they also yeah, stopped prosecuting theft under $500 or whatever it was. Which is nuts. Which but, is a totally you know, if you're different. A heroin, yeah, if you're a heroin addict and you need to get your fix, well, you have. what does it take to get heroin? Well, you need money. Well, how do you get money if you're a heroin addict? I mean, you probably don't have a nine-to-five job. So, so you're le- going out and you're committing heroin, crime. But keep it illegal to shoplift, and then the cops will stop. I agree running around trying to bust people for drugs and actually start prosecuting theft, arson, uh, you know, crimes that actually involve victims. If you're in your house and you're yeah, smoking crack, like um, I think it was, who was it? I can't, it might've been Rick Doblin, the uh, MAPS multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies made a really good point, which is the reason everybody, the reason drugs are outlawed is the argument is, well, they cause you to commit crimes. Well, the crimes are already illegal. You don't need to add more laws to outlaw the drugs. Just enforce the laws of theft and, you know, uh, battery and uh, assault and violence. You don't need like (laughs) because 90, 99 percent of heroin users, even even though heroin is a horrible drug or meth users, 99 percent of them aren't hurting anybody. Now, the same problem is, you know, in Chicago, they use the same thing with the guns. Well, we need more gun laws. In Chicago, if you're sitting at home minding your own damn business and three people come slamming through your door and looking to do you and your family harm and you blow their heads off, they will prosecute you (laughs) for shooting the people that broke into your house while you were just sitting there minding your own business. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, logic. I mean, I'm with Jon Stewart there. We need some logic. We need to bring this back. And I mean, it's great. I mean, you don't have to like the cops. That's fine. I think everybody should be armed and dangerous at all times and take responsibility for what they do and take responsibility for their own security. Now, there are some people who are less able to take care of themselves for a variety of reason. And then, you know, you need a police force or something to come in and, uh, you know, hopefully take care of the bad guys this concept you go to people in these areas in chicago and there was just a shooting in the anglewood neighborhood i mean it's very very common but there was a bunch of people that were getting shot this past week and you know i bet you there's a lot of people who live in that neighborhood who are damn tired of the crime and when you decide you're not going to prosecute people i don't know what they think is going to happen there was a video in san francisco of a guy who went into a walgreens or a cvs on his bicycle masked up 
and had a big black garbage bag, unloaded everything that was on some shelf and rode back out. Well, if you're Walgreens or you're the drugstore and your neighborhood is constantly hit like that on a daily basis or maybe hour by hour, minute by minute, they're going to close and you're not going to have a place to go get your prescriptions. And this is only hurting the people in those neighborhoods. And it's just nuts when these major cities in Chicago's one of them, San Francisco, New York, that don't want to prosecute what they're calling lesser crimes. Like you said, as long as you only steal nine hundred and fifty dollars, that's OK. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that, that that's why you get uh, business owners insurance. You know, you better have insurance. Ass whooping insurance or ass whooping <laughs> insurance also. Also That's works. why business owners should be able to have a shotgun. And if somebody starts, there you go, man. Yeah, it's free reign. I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. Yeah, there you go. That would see that stops crime. <laughs> that you stops mean, crime. Do you remember uh, it was the uh, was it the Koreans it, during the uh, Rodney King riots in L.A.? Oh, yeah. They were just standing up on top of their businesses with rifles and they didn't get messed with. You know, yeah, it's like, you want to come in? Yeah, we're ready. We are ready for you. There was a video, and I think it was out of Chicago. I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes, but the camera, the little bit of, uh, you know, ID information that was on it was UIC, which I believe was University of Illinois at Chicago, which is in a very questionable neighborhood where a guy was sitting in his pickup truck and you see this other guy. This was a security camera. He comes walking across the street and he goes to the guy's window and he's waving a gun and he's tapping it on the window like, hey, I'm going to take your truck now. And the door opens up and the guy was just, you know, very nonchalant because he figures I'm just stealing this guy's truck. I've got the gun. What possibly could go wrong here? What could happen to me? Well, the guy opens the door of the truck and now they see a hand with a gun come out of the truck and start firing. And it's like, you know, you picked the wrong truck to try to rob. And, you know, you were in Chicago, so it's illegal to have a gun. But the guy in the truck had a gun. The guy who was trying to steal it also. But the guy that was trying to steal the truck didn't do so good. And I think you'd have a lot less carjackings if they thought the guy in the car or the girl in the car don't want to misgender anybody might also have a firearm and be willing and able to use them. Mm -hmm. And I think in a case like that, it's completely justified for the person in the car to open fire because they were threatened with a gun. However, in the case of like, let's say shoplifting, if you're not being violently assaulted, like if the person, let's say the person on the bike with the trash bag, he's got no weapons. He does nothing violent. I don't think it is an appropriate response to just shoot this guy. You should be able to detain him, tase him, take him down, and have the cops come in and arrest him for the crime he committed. But, but they won't, death is and then not, they won't prosecute. So I and mean, that's the and that's the major problem is the cops yes. need to be informed of these situations, and they need to have a way to be able to prosecute these people, and they need to be able to have the, the shop owners and everything need to have a clear cut way of being able to detain and stop people that are trying to shop with like let's say that they make it legal to tase someone that they see and know is shoplifting that to me is fair you're detained but you're not dead and i think that's the big thing is i don't think anybody should die even if you're committing well if you're committing a violent crime that's uh you live by the sword you die by the sword kind of thing there's nothing you can do for that if you have a gun and you threaten someone with it and you get shot that's on you but if you're just going in, stealing stuff and leaving in a nonviolent way, I do not think that it is appropriate to be murdered for that, in my opinion. 
Well, I mean, that's one thing if you're doing it to your local Target or Walmart that has billions of dollars. Now, it's a different story if you're doing this to a mom and pop shop mm-hmm. who is barely making any money or maybe not losing money. You know, at some point that is you're killing them. You're taking their livelihood away. And, you know, I agree people shouldn't be killed for shoplifting, but the it would never get to that if the laws were enforced in the first place. And that is not happening. So this is where this whole vigilantism, I think, starts coming out because you're like, you know, and I know the cops here in Chicago are not happy. They are not uh, happy. They do not have any faith in the mayor, Lori Lightfoot. And they're out there working 12 hour shifts and they know that the people they bring in, they're just going to be let out again anyway, because they're never going to prosecute the lesser crimes. So it's a uh, a lot of this stuff could be taken care of if they would actually prosecute the crimes that are on the books. And that would start deterring. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Rudy Giuliani, but he cleaned up. New York. And a lot of people question the whole, you know, the whole frisking people just randomly on the streets and all that and said, yeah, it's a privacy concern. And maybe you're being targeted because of the color of your skin or the way you look or the way you're dressed. But it got results. What also gets results is every criminal in the city knowing I can do X, Y and Z. And even if I'm caught, I'm not going to do any time. I'm not even going to get a slap on the wrist. So what are you going to keep doing? Well, you're going to keep robbing people. You're going to keep assaulting people. And you know it. There's no repercussions, which, again, if you have kids, I mean, you know, every now and then there has to be something you can threaten them with that. I'm going to take away your TV or maybe you're going to get a smack on the ass, whatever it may be, depending you on your parenting pay. style. <laughs> yeah, you need that. You, <laughs> you need to have pay. the stick. You, will you definitely pay. do. And I think that that's where really this comes in is you need to have you need to give store owners, especially small business owners, private citizens, everything, a clear cut way to handle a nonviolent crime that's happening on your in your place of business or something like that. It's one thing if it's a home invasion, I feel like you should be able to defend your home however you want if it's broken into. But if it's a small business or anything like any kind of business, I feel like they need the cops or the politicians, really, I guess, because they're the ones who do it, but the cops are the ones who enforce it, come up with a clear cut way, a just a route that they can take. It's like you have a taser, you have a bat, you can put up signs saying that you do have a gun on the premises, stuff to deter them before it escalates to that point. And I think that's another issue with all of the stuff that's going on with the cops is the cops are not specifically trained to handle a situation where they have to de-escalate something that they just walked into. Because, I mean, most cops just get the job because they need money, because usually it pays fairly well for what it is. Fairly well. Not enough. But they don't have the proper training in order to de-escalate a situation, and they don't have the proper resources, and then politicians artificially hand-tie them for being able to do anything, prosecute crimes, and do things like that. So they just resort to what they have. And, and nowadays, like issue. social media hand ties them. I mean, yeah, you got a guy have- coming up with it's like they, it, every cop nowadays has to be worried no matter what the race of the person is. But certain races are more worrisome than others. But every cop has to be thinking if this goes wrong in any way, I'm going to be gre- like l- lit up on a national stage. And, you right. know, they got thugs they got to deal with. It's yo, like, yo, yo, I got guns. I'll hurt you. I'll take you down. I'm a dangerous thug. And what are you going to do when that happens? You know, and a lot of these people, there is no rhyme or reason to it. There was and he looked like uh, maybe 
40s or so, the age of this guy, he was a white guy walking through a Chicago neighborhood and then believed that he had just shot somebody. And the cops get, you know, they see him and they're telling him, hey, stop, dude, stop. And they just start following. Him. I don't know if this was because of the whole Chicago foot pursuit thing now, but they were just kind of walking far enough behind him as he walked down an alley. And as he finally got to the end of the alley, this is where another uh, SUV squad car came in and the driver and the guy in the passenger seat both get out of the squad car and from the body cam footage of the guy that's getting out of the passenger side within seconds he gets out and he's like hey you know he had this gun out drawn he's like you know show me your hands you know show me your hands and the next thing you know the guy moves and he shoots is you know he had this gun concealed and he shoots at the cop and all of a sudden i mean every cop starts shooting at him and I mean, the most hilarious part, I mean, I'm assuming the guy had to be on drugs or something because he's then laying on the ground. Two cops did get shot, but he's laying on the ground, I believe, shot multiple times, screaming in pain and me like, you shot me. And the one other cop comes up. And he's like, dude, what is you fucking shot us? What do you think's going to happen? I mean, but this is the mentality. Yeah. Well, that's why you don't smoke weed before a police shootout. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, if you don't believe there's going to be any repercussions, people try to do a lot more crap, man. What that guy's mugshot look like? I mean, look at that face. Probably not good. <laughs> uh, but it was a hell of a video. I mean, cause it, it was very it seemed like a very slow building thing because he wasn't running. He was just walking, not paying, you know, not paying any mind to what the cops behind them were doing. But then the cops get in front of him and all of a sudden he just starts shooting and just very nonchalantly. It was like, <laughs> I mean, maybe watch too many video games. I mean, I don't know. It, well, it can't feel good to get shot. So yes. I don't know if he'd ever been shot before. But I mean, I'm thinking, you know, if you got a cop and the cop was literally maybe five feet in front of him. So it's like, I don't know how you think you're walking away from this, but that's Chicago. Wow. And that's got to be terrifying oh my God, as a police officer. Think about that kind of stuff. You know, it's like this guy, this random guy, just nonchalantly just starts shooting and there's cops all around him. You think it's like, hey, yeah. there's a bunch of us cops. These guys, even if he has a gun, he's not going to start doing anything. Right. And he still does. It, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, it's a hell of a job to have. And I understand there are bad cops out there. I'll give you that. But there's a lot of good cops who are risking their life. Definitely. There's, especially in areas like Chicago. I mean, there's it's a much cushier job if you're out in a suburb with very low crime as opposed to being, you know, in Chicago or New York or L.A. Uh, that, that can't be a fun gig. Yeah, they should be compensated a lot more in those positions. Like when you have like a high risk area, every other job, if you're in some kind of high risk potential, like the guys who work for DOT that stand on the side of the road, if it's the interstate, and hold those signs and just flip the signs back and forth, those guys make so much money because of hazard pay. Like yeah. It's like 150 extra percent of what they normally would get paid. Because somebody might be on their phone and not notice that you're standing there. Exactly, yeah. And so it's like when you have a situation where you have a job like being a cop, where you have to deal with these high stress, high intensity, very quick reactive uh, situations, and you're not paying these people enough. They're scared because they don't know what's going to go on. Even if they've been doing this for 20 years, it can't ever get to the point to where you're just comfortable 
because you know something like this could happen. These cops need to have every asset that they can to be able to do their jobs. They need to have laws that allow them to do their jobs. Obviously, they shouldn't do bad stuff, but they should have processes to weed out all of the people that they know are going to come in and have the potential to do that kind of stuff. This should be a job, like being a cop should be a very high, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like high... It's a very good position that you should strive to have. You should have to go through all kinds of things before you become a cop because you are serving and protecting your citizens, the people around you, your community. It should be something in high regard, something that you feel proud to do all the time. And it should be treated like that by the government, by the people around you and everything like that. When you have people come in who just don't know what they're doing or didn't get trained correctly or just have bad temperaments, bad attitudes, bad psychology, whatever, those are the people that are going to make all of the rest of them look that much worse. And it's going to make politicians want to make laws that hand ties them because they know that's what's going out into the media. That's what the people are seeing and that's what they want. And the politicians are just going to do what they think people want. So it's really about raising that position up from just being a job to being like a figurehead in the community. Being a cop should be on the same levels like being in the mayoral office of a town. I think that's how you solve a lot of those issues that come about of all this. Yeah, I agree, because that gives you uh, that that makes them more. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Liable, because a mayor is usually the person when cops fuck up. The mayor is the one that takes the heat in a lot of situations. So, yeah, if you have like cops put on that pedestal, then, yeah, they'll get paid more. They'll have to have better training and they'll be more um, in the uh, they'll be more uh, in the hot seat when they fuck up. Right. And there's I mean, there's a, uh, you know, fog of battle kind of thing. And that is one aspect uh, with the the female cop that shot the guy when she thought she had her taser. You know, there's things that happen. Yeah, I mean, that that should never happen. And you yeah, should be held. Yeah, you have to be held accountable for it. But that, I believe, you know, was a mistake, which you should probably lose your job. I don't know if you should be uh, convicted of murder on that one, because I don't think it was intentional. Well, what is, here's we the question. Have, would a civilian be convicted of at least manslaughter? I mean, we, Chris it, from OBDM was on recently and he, and Metis was in the chat and the two of them broke down how if you fire a warning shot even into the ground, you will go to prison. Right, because you're shooting. I mean, that is the uh, we at least Metis said they assume that if you let off around then you were trying, even if the person was target. trying to kill you, if you let off around and you didn't shoot, it's it's legally safer to shoot the person than shoot off a warning shot. So with that in See, mind, now, well, how does that work with you accidentally? Where, what did she think her life was in danger? And she I mean, when you when you misfire and think as a taser, even if, like there's there has to be some kind of le- if I guess my main question is if a civilian meant to grab a taser and grabbed a gun and shot someone, they would probably have legal repercussions for that. And I think a cop should have the same legal repercussions that a civilian would. Well, it all comes down, I think, to believing that your life may be in danger. And in the case of this, I, I think the case could be made because the guy that was shot had uh, allegedly shot somebody else just a couple of weeks ago, was wanted on this. So they knew who they were dealing with. 
So even though this was a mistake, yeah, I think uh, every case is different, which the cops have the ability to do something that most civilians don't, and that is they're wearing a body cam that should be recording all the damn time. That should be the cop's best friend. If you're a good cop, that should be your best friend. When you have any interactions with anybody that you have this here to show exactly what happened, where if you have a dispute between two, you know, citizens, then you don't have that kind of footage. You don't know what happened. Now, the if the if you're not threatened with any kind of violence or you don't think your life's in danger, then, yeah, as a citizen, if you just pull out a gun, I mean, if somebody is uh, stealing your bike and you get out and you shoot them, well, then, yeah, you're going to go away. Now, if somebody is stealing your bike and they, you know, pushed you off it and they have a gun, you know, they use that to, you know, to carjack you or whatever your bike jack you, I guess, in this case, <laughs> then there's uh, then there's a different outcome maybe yeah that's a violent crime or that was at least the threat of violence was there the threat of your life ending like uh that was there so you have the right to defend yourself and if you feel like your life is actually in danger i feel like you should do everything you can to defend yourself because i mean nobody should die but if it's going to be you or them you have to defend yourself because they're going to defend themselves or if they were assaulting you they're going to assault you first and it's not even defense it's just cold-blooded murder in the case yeah. of the woman or the cop, lady cop that uh, shot the guy, it depends. Even though they know that he com or allegedly thought he committed a violent crime, if he did not have a weapon and did not threaten her with anything that was uh, life threatening, and she shot him, I think he should face some or she should face some form of repercussion because she should have had the proper training to know in that obviously high intensity situation. People make mistakes. It happens. But that was a life ending mistake. So, yeah, like what Chris said, it's like if a civilian had done this, there would have been they would have probably they'd have been in a courtroom for the next year and then they probably would have been in a prison for at least the next 10 years. So a cop maybe should have a few different standards just because it involves violence as part of their job. But they should, in those kind of situations, they should face similar repercussions to what a normal citizen would face. Because well, yeah, if it goes up above and beyond. But when somebody is then getting into a vehicle, reaching, even reaching into a vehicle, you, I think you have a uh, possibility greater than average that they're maybe going for a weapon and a vehicle once you're in it is also a weapon. Cops get run over all the time. So there's... There's a lot that would have to be broken down in every situation. But again, this is where I believe the body cams come in, because then you could see exactly what happened. In this case, you as tragic as it was, you see that she was yelling taser for whatever reason. She believed she had her taser in her hand. And for somebody that was on the force 20 something years or whatever she was, it it didn't really make sense to me, except for the fact that. Maybe she was in an area that didn't have a lot of crime and you didn't see this. You know, training is very important. And this is one of the reasons why when it comes down to you're carrying two devices that one's deadly and one's not. I don't know. I think maybe then I mean, each officer can maybe decide, but maybe uh, the non deadly one is pink with sparklies on it or something. So you know if it's in your hand, which one yes. you have. 
I mean, that seems logical. I like that. Yeah. That's good advice. Drink soy and become sterilized and watch uh, Rachel Maddow. That's also good advice. Um, I thought thought watching Rachel Maddow made you sterilize. (laughs) It's it's the same as drinking soy. Um, I mean, look at that. I mean, look at that face. Uh, I mean, the boys, when they see Rachel Maddow, they're running in the other direction, man. That's just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, uh, Yeah, I I do have. You know, you know who Judge Joe Brown is, right, Darren? Oh, yeah. yeah. Changing gears here a little bit. I have a, a, it's fairly long, but I have a clip from him that I think you'll uh, enjoy. I don't know if you saw this. It's kind of was hushed up on all social media. They kind of give it the hush hush treatment. But this, uh, let me know either of you, Caleb or Darren, if you want me to pause this. But I loved this clip from Judge Joe Brown. And it apparently checks out with multiple witnesses of what he said Joe Biden uh, had said back uh, decades ago. Now, I don't particularly like Trump, but I'm not against him. I did not vote for that damn fool that they had running against him. That racist dog that I heard the first time in 1972 when I was doing an intern thing at a D.C. think tank. When he was out there with James O. Eastland, John B. Stennis, Faubus came in from Arkansas. That's the fool said they'd never integrate the uh, Little Rock High School. They had Wallace there, who was wheeled in, and they had Bird, former Grand Dragon of the Klan, and they were talking about this young man who had a stupid-looking ducktail, like he was back in the 1950s, was the last true yellow dog Dixiecrat, and they were talking about Joe Biden who got up there, and when the speech he gave, I mean, I was really offended. I heard it right outside the state capitol building in Dover, which mm-hmm. was a rundown, ransacked old house, 250 years old. Mm-hmm. And he said, Negro children are like roaches. If they're allowed to integrate the schools, they will infest them, and they will never be gotten out. That, that's uh, That kind of provides a new context and a new meaning to the classic Biden clip. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I love kids jumping on my lap. You remember that when he's talking about, they used to rub my legs and he was to all these, he was speaking to a crowd of black moms and black kids at this pool where he used to work at. And he, I learned a lot about roaches. And uh, when you hear Judge Joe Brown say that Biden called black people roaches, you think, hmm, might be a connection there. Well, I mean, you know, his son never uses racist language at all. Hunter, I mean, so I mean, wonder where wonder where Hunter learned it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, Biden is a chameleon. I mean, Biden is somebody that is completely I mean, again, brain probably mush right now. If not, Biden has done a complete 180 from everything. It's not a 180, he has it's one billion, one hundred and eighty billion trillion million uh, can't even say it so much. He just keeps spinning around and around. He doesn't even know what direction he's looking now. But I mean, yeah. he was the guy that was the anti-crime and uh, nobody wanted to talk about the fact that Biden, I mean, spoke at uh, Senator Byrd's uh, funeral, I believe, at his eulogy. I think he gave a eulogy and heaped praise on him. And yeah. in this new world where, I mean, I don't know. If by the time Senator Byrd died, I don't know enough about him, 
but I don't know if he was still a racist douchebag when he died. And some people can change. And I'm more than willing to go along with some people may change. But we're living in the cancel culture world now where something you did 50 years ago is as bad as if you did it yesterday. And by those standards, this uh, bird guy was a really bad dude, as uh, Joe Biden might say. Dragon of the clan or something. Yeah, but it's not about the credit, but it is. It's It's not about credit, but it is. Continue with Judge Joe Brown. It was a rundown, ransacked old house, 250 years old. Mm-hmm. And he said Negro children are like roaches. If they're allowed to integrate the schools, they will infest them and they will never be gotten out. Negro. Who said that? Joe Biden said that? Yeah. I heard it. Wow. Saw wow. it. Mm. He said Negroes were animals and they turned the streets into jungles. And he and Senator Eastland had a plan where they could put all of these Negro animals in zoos. Now, we talk about the 94 crime bill. That wasn't shit. The 91 was bad. The 97 was really bad. The 81 was the one where one rock got you five years, which due to some other stuff Biden and Stennis and Eastland did, it wasn't five years with parole. They abolished federal parole. So you get five years, you get 60 months, and you get released with all good and honor time at 56 months from federal custody. And then there was, that was the 81 when then there was a 79 and the 77. So let's give blame where blame is due. That bastard has been a racist dog. And he used to talk about he understood the Negro because he was raised in Delaware. Hmm. And he said, Delaware was a proud slave owning state Hmm. that basically copped out by not going with the South during the rebellion as it should have, because they were too close to DC to not be intimidated. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this racist dog. I kept up with him because I was practicing criminal law and federal criminal trials became almost a lynch thing because of what is allowed. By the way, if you ever get interrogated by the feds, never say, I don't know what happened. I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. because you will get convicted on one count of an indictment saying, making a knowingly false statement to a federal investigator. You mm-hmm. know why? Because they tell you what you're there for. So you know what you're there for. So when you say, I don't know nothing about it, you did because they told you mm-hmm. with the feds, you say, I have nothing to say, or I refuse to make an, a statement. I want a lawyer, but mm-hmm. if you're talking with the state, you say, I don't know what the you talking about f- you, you know, <laughs> I thought that was great advice. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Fuck you. It's like uh, Christopher Walken. You know? Have some pride in yourself. Have some faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord. And don't tell these scum-sucking motherfuckers nothing. True. Yeah, you don't want to incriminate yourself. Yeah. But that was Joe. I mean, Joe was the anti-crime guy, which uh, when he was elected... I did an episode on, you know what, I'm going to give Joe some time to uh, let this shake out and see what he's going to do. Because we all know during an election, people say all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, besides Trump, nobody ever tried to even do anything normally once they get into office. None of their promises really meant anything. Trump was one of the first guys in a while 
that actually did accomplish some of the things he promised. But when Joe was running, I'm like, you know, I don't really know. I mean, he was saying everything to placate the left, all of this abolish the prisons and cops and all that. But his record, Joe was on the complete opposite side of that all through his life. So I was like, well, let's let's see what he does once he gets into office. And now that he's in office, he's hiding in the basement. He's not talking to the press and the presidential, you know, things that he puts out, all this stuff is all very much leftist. So I don't believe this is the same Joe Biden, but you know, uh, they, they killed him and replaced him with a clone. So I learned about roaches. I yeah. Well, you know, this is why they've wanted to wear the mask. Yeah. For, oh, for sure. And I know Adam and John kind of joke about it on no agenda, but it's actually believable because if you look at what Joe Biden used to look like and look at him now, it's not the same person. It's not an age difference. It's not Botox. Like something's going on. <laughs> Something weird. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finish up with Judge Joe Brown. He gets into Kamala Harris here. Hey, but nobody wants to do that. That was that was wait, 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 wait. That's uh that was the other guy's thing. What? That was a Willie Brown. That was he was getting into Kamala. <laughs> Judge, Judge Willie Brown, <laughs> Judge, yes. Do, do not say that. Judge Joe Brown was getting into Kamala. That is just not polite to Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, all right. You talking about you, you know. But with the That's a good ISO. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Fuck you. Feds. Watch what you say, because yeah. in a federal system, thanks to Biden, Stennis, Eastland, and some other of these yellow dog Dixiecrat races, what happens is they've set it up so you get tried by ambush if it is a criminal case. And if you're absolutely innocent, you don't know about what happened. Mm-hmm. Eastland and Stennis and Biden set something else up where they deliberately set the rules so that a prosecutor could knowingly go at, well, not knowing, but know that he had no case that could get an inv- conviction, but deliberately go after you for the purpose of bankrupting you so your ability to operate is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the bad things that bastard did. And then you got come Queenla Imhoff in there. <laughs> You know him off in? No. Yeah, she does. Who? Mrs. Imhoff, Vice President of the United States, who goes by her maiden name. Miss Kamala? Uh, Camilla Harris. <laughs> <laughs> She's got two Jewish children she adopted. She married a Jewish husband who's got a I'm scared to talk about Kamala Harris. I'm gonna let you have that one. Uh, she's a witch, and she is a corrupt witch. She's been corrupt her whole life, and she f-ed her way to the top. <laughs> they used to detail this witch in the L.A. Times with her sexual escapades. She's hmm. damn near everybody trying to get up. She used to be a frat hoe when she was in Howard, and she ain't black. You know, I got to do with this, Miss Harris. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, well, don't, nah, but she's a. Uh, I'm just. I don't know. I'm just listening. He's just listening. He's like, I don't want to touch this. <laughs> well, yeah, because these people are so afraid, even to be on this other part of that conversation. I mean, this is you'll get canceled for not pushing back. Just right? saying, I'm just listening is enough to get you put in jail and caned by the right? people who want to abolish prisons. Of course. Yeah. Well, they'll get you. You will pay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, unless you guys got anything else on the Biden Kamala stuff, I have one set of uh one more topic maybe we could cover uh the Bitcoin thing just because of what I heard on Grumpy Old Bands in uh Just because you like kicking the zealots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um uh, uh well yeah, I I, I you wanna jump into it? We can get into some Bitcoin talk for a minute before we wrap this puppy up. Yeah, we can do that. And uh, do you know who the host was on that show? They're they're asking in the troll room when that the host with uh, Judge Joe Brown. I don't. I uh, I'll have from. to look at it up. I I found uh, I found I I heard that on Infowars. Alex Jones was playing it. Oh, so just go look for Alex, and you'll know. Yeah, the great American patriot Judge Joe Brown really took down uh, Biden and Kamala in this clip. Y'all need to see it. <laughs> um. So. Uh yeah so uh Bitcoin we uh you on Grumpy Old Ben's you and Ben you and Ben Rose seem to be on the same page and Ben Rose has been on abs in a six pack before and that's but, always scary when we're yeah. on the same page let me tell you <laughs> uh but you guys seem to be on the same page about Bitcoin that is um it's like gambling in Vegas it's kind of a scam and I don't necessarily disagree with you but I don't know maybe before we get into this give me your take on crypto and specifically Bitcoin. Uh, I think eventually crypto something is going to win out if it's allowed to do so. We're seeing a lot of stuff in the news that the United States, I mean, this is the main place I'm worried about, that is uh, looking to start regulating crypto, which is probably a bad thing for the people that want to invest in crypto. I just saw an article that China is kicking out like half the crypto miners and they Mm -hmm. think they're going to wind up in Texas, which is kind of interesting. Um but my overall viewpoint is that as of right now, the Bitcoin itself is like gambling. It may end up being the winning cryptocurrency. I don't know. I mean, we don't give financial advice, but I do know that when new things come around, it's very rare that the version 1.0 of something is the most successful. This is, you know, the next guy to come around might be the one that wins, whether that's Ethereum or Cardano or one of these other uh, altcoins, I don't know. But I believe that crypto could happen if the governments of the world allow it. But I think when it does actually become mainstream, the government of the world will control it. And we're already seeing this in China, India, and in the United States. And that's the big three right now so uh you know it's gonna be fun to watch i would have a little bit of money in crypto but i wouldn't put the life savings in it unless it was very short term yeah it's it's a risky move i see and and i'm yeah like i'm outside of i've ne- i don't have any crypto i've never owned any crypto and i've always kind of thought about dipping my toes in and i think with adam curry's podcasting 2.0 and the lightning node and all that stuff um sir spencer has really been um convincing on bowl after bowl of of and it makes me think i want to jump into that um but i i do like money oh i i like money uh so i i hadn't thought about it in a while uh ron paul of course pushed for a long time about how like the fiat money and the federal reserve printing money out of thin air and all that stuff and like i said i like money yeah i like money though but there's uh, B- Boris D. Python, who has vanished off the face of the earth, uh, he's been on the show several times. I think the feds might have scooped him up for the January 6th stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, 
but uh, he did a episode with us not too long ago, and he explained the difference between money and currency, which after looking into it, once he explained it, uh, it there is a difference. So uh, the U.S. dollar currently, since it's not backed by gold or silver or anything, and Bitcoin are both currency. They are not money. Money is something that intrinsically has value outside of an economy. So like silver and gold, you can do things with them. They are highly useful. Gold is one of the best conductive elements. It's used to make, you know, cell phones and laptops and all kinds of stuff. Silver, right. well, same and way. And you can take those metals into different countries and they have value. Precisely. So silver and gold are money. The US dollar and Bitcoin are currency. And to that effect, they are both bullshit. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Bitcoin is bullshit, but I think that the U.S. dollar is even more so bullshit because it's uh, they can print as much as they want, whereas Bitcoin has a finite amount, and it will never the amount of Bitcoin that exists will never change. Yeah, but see, I still don't buy that because you can buy and sell Bitcoin in point zero 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 one increments. So that's kind of like having an unlimited amount. Well, kind of, but you—that's just the—that's just the fraction and the percentage of it. That's not the amount that exists. But as if, as I said earlier, Abs in a Six Pack is, if nothing else, an Alex Jones appreciation show. But secondarily, it's a South Park appreciation show. So this episode came out when the financial collapse was going on in, uh, you know, 2008-2009. And it's about the economy and what money really is. I have a couple clips to run through here on that. We have become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of the economy. There are those who will say that the economy has forsaken us. Nay, you have forsaken the economy! So the, uh, you know, you got news reporters and stockbrokers blowing their brains out live on air and the economy is collapsing, the whole housing market thing. But uh, a a Jew uh, uh, starts committing heresy and talking about uh, money and the economy in a different way. The economy isn't some vengeful being that takes things away from us. The economy is just made up of people and people have just lost their faith in it. What people really should be doing is spending more. Spending is fine. People should we just go out and We best speak with shop. the council. They should go out and buy Tell them for their friends a young family. Jew is speaking heresy towards the economy. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes, it goes on to describe what exactly money is. This is all you need to know. The economy is not a supernatural, all-knowing entity. The economy is just an idea made up by people thousands of years ago. The economy is not real, and yet it is real. Nowadays, they'll give credit cards to practically anyone who applies for them. I applied for this yesterday to prove a point. It is an American Express Platinum card. It has no spending limit. Ah! Do not be afraid. This is only plastic. It's just something made up by people. Truly meaningless until we put our faith in it. Faith is what makes an economy exist. Without faith... It is only plastic cards and paper money. See that? By all reports, the young <laughs> Jew is not letting up. He is still going around convincing people to have faith in the economy by shopping. That, I think, is accurate. I think 
Bitcoin is bullshit, like I said, in the same way that the American dollar is. And I think uh, Tim Pool actually made a, something that made me kind of scratch my chin and go, hmm. He made a point that was Bitcoin's, uh, you know, velocity of bumping up and back down isn't really uh, showing how volatile Bitco- uh, Bitcoin is. It's showing how volatile the U.S. dollar is. The U.S. dollar is what's unstable and Bitcoin is staying the same. Does that make any sense? I mean, it makes sense as a concept, but that's not what the kind of swings Bitcoin is having. I don't see that as the reality because it's gone way too nuts, way too quick. And it is also based against every I mean, you could say the United States dollar, but there's a lot of people involved in Bitcoin from all over the world. So that's the same thing could be said for you know, the peso and the yen or, you know, whatever, the Deutschmark. And uh, it's it's not like the United States currency is all over the place and all the other ones aren't compared to Bitcoin. But it does yeah. show the volatility. And I, I think we all kind of figured that uh, if Bitcoin was going to be a success, that with any of these cryptos, you would watch them maybe gain a certain amount of value you know, every year or whatever, you know, kind of time period you want to look at. I don't think anybody saw it going. Well, one, it crashed down to thirty nine hundred and then was up to sixty thousand within like a year, maybe a year and a half. That's kind of a big swing. And uh, I don't know how you, you you can't really tie that to anything in the real world. This is all speculation, which is why even the most zealot Bitcoin people will tell you it's not a currency. It's more it's more of a store of value. And you're like, what's the difference? I like money, though. Yeah, everybody does. With the American Express, you can't trust money. You can't trust American (laughs) Express. Let me tell you why. The uh, because Costco switched over to an American Express card. So the wife and I have the uh, the normal American Express uh, blue. Yeah, we don't have the platinum card, but uh, I was on. For years, my parents' American Express card account, and when we first got the American Express card in my own name, everything was fine. It showed, you know, member since 2005, whatever it was, because they show you when you've been a member since. For some reason, when one of these cards was updated, all of a sudden, my American Express card, which is completely my account, not attached to anything of my parents, says uh, I've been a member since 1969. I was born in 1970. So I've actually been an American Express card member since before <laughs> I was born. So I don't know how much you want to trust American Express. Kind of like, gives what? a whole new whole new meaning to two chains. Mama, yeah. you take that money out of my pan last night? It's like, I just don't get it. It's like why these things were attached to each other. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all this stuff, the the. uh the overlapping and trusting the banks, trusting credit card companies and all that. Uh, you know, I, I don't put a whole lot of faith in any of them. I mean, you have to put your money somewhere, uh, but uh, I don't know if there's any good choices. I think we may have talked about the last time I was on or, or, or maybe it was with Nick the Rat. Somebody we were talking about the fact that you can't get a decent savings account for more than like, you know, one percent annually or something on it. Uh, it. It's a scam, man. The whole monetary system is a scam. Yeah. Reporting to murder on yeah. abs, six abs and a in a pack. I I uh I got just to you know, since I pulled the clips, I might as well finish up with them, right? Uh, 
still going back to the 2008-2009 financial collapse, Stan goes to return his father's Margaritaville margarita mixer. And uh, he finally just goes up and up the chain from the store to the banks that bankrolled it to the blah, 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 all the way up to where he's at the Federal Reserve, the Treasury. And uh, he takes the margarita vittle then. Uh, how can we help you, young man? I want to return this margarita bill. My dad bought it on a payment plan set up by a finance company that got investors from Wall Street who combined it into security sold to the banks who transferred it to you. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. No problem. We just need to consult the chart. We can determine your property's value and we'll be done. Really? Thank you. Be right back. So they go into the room and consult the chart. They come back out. Excellent news, sir. We've determined the investment value of your Margaritaville to be $90 trillion. See? So it's like, yeah, even South Park knows that these motherfuckers are full of shit. The, the U.S. dollar is on its way out. And by every definition, paper is worth nothing. I guess is the main point I'm trying to make. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Now, when you say the dollar's on its way out, do you mean like the actual physical dollar or like the U.S. currency is on Both. its way out? They want, they want, they obviously want it to be, they're pushing for a universal basic crypto income so that they can shut you off like China does with their social credit scores. If you drop too low, they can just shut your bank account down or shut yeah. your money off. Cash is, the, the great thing about cash over Bitcoin is that you can, it's way more anonymous and it's not traceable to, uh, unless, you know, you're on a street corner and the camera picks you up exchanging it. And the government doesn't know that cash transactions happen hand to hand. Um, mm -hmm. But they're but China already tried having their own uh, state funded digital currency and it's not going well. So it seems like it's not we're not at that point yet where we're going to have a digital currency that's actually going to facilitate economic needs for it can't even China. do it for one for China or for one country. China. So it's like, how are they going to do it for the whole world? Money and the way that it works right now seems to be doing a pretty good job. And it's almost half digital anyways. I mean, think about it. How much do you use your debit card or your credit card? How much do you do you actually pay? for most things with actual cash or do you just do it with your card which is essentially a digital Nine, for transfer for me 95 90 90 95 percent of my transactions are cash only cash only so you pay bills with cash you show up somewhere and pay your bills with <laughs> I, cash I, I and you've known me i mean we're roommates yes for a long time yeah, okay I did that. you in particular yes you will drive 50 miles out of your way to go pay some dude hundreds of dollars in cash instead of just calling them or getting on their website and using the card however for most people who don't want to drive 50 miles out of their way to go pay cash for some which is spending more money in gas and everything else most people just pay with stuff online so it's already uh, digital currency already is here it's just you can get money for it you can go get paper money out of the, your bank account currency, or not whatever money. else currency not money but it has value it has value to the person you're giving it to it doesn't have necessarily intrinsic value but it does have value and you know if you give this guy let's say your rent's uh eight hundred dollars you go and you give the renter 
$800 that had value because now you get to stay in your house. So is that intrinsic value? You can't necessarily make anything out of that paper money other than like a little like, I don't know, you might be able to make like a little house out of it or something, you know, like they stack three bills on top of each other if you like freeze them or (laughs) something. A little origami, yeah. You know, make a little origami <laughs> or something. Yeah. But, yeah. I like money, though. But it's like you got value out of it. And if cryptocurrency does the same thing, you can get value. And it's based on money. Based. Like, or cash money. You know, it's like Bitcoin's worth $35,000. It only has value because it is based on the value that it has if you traded it for cash money. Right. So it's still based on it. It's just, it is shifting towards digital currency, but it's just going to be numbers in an account like it already is for most people. Because most people don't have stacks of cash laying around. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. Cash money is probably on its way out, but there will still be something physical to it more than likely. Do but, you do you remember, have you ever seen Little House on the Prairie, either of you? Sure. Yes. Michael Landon. Michael Landon. Okay, there was this episode where they came into this great inheritance or they found like a treasure chest of money, something like that, and they finally got it. And they and and Michael Landon had started purchasing things outside of his spending limit because he was like, Oh, we got this big all this money coming, this is a big inheritance that got left to me, whatever. And they find out that it was Confederacy notes. It was the money that the Confederacy was printing prior and leading up to the Civil War, so it was not recognized by the federal government. So it was worth Always convert your money to gold and silver before yeah. a regime changes. And in that <laughs> and in that way, I kind of agree with you, because Darren, you were talking about with Bimrose that if they outlaw Bitcoin, it becomes essentially worthless. However, it we I don't know how technically I think you could sell it to uh I mean, you you could you just can't purchase something at Whole Foods with Bitcoin after that. I think it would still be worth something. You just be kind of risking having possession of it. Right. But in that same way, I think, I mean, the you they are the cashless society has been the dream of the New World Order for a long time, and they're definitely pushing that for sure. And it's they the last thing they want you to do is like it. I, I let me put it this way. A loaf of bread is more is closer to actual physical money than a U.S. dollar is because it has intrinsic value that you can barter for or trade for. Like yeah, I in could, a barter um, system, it is. It definitely is. But we don't live in a barter system. And if we did, most people would starve to death because they don't have <laughs> enough to barter with. Yeah. The only people that would be able to have things are people that own like oil fields and corn fields <laughs> and things like that. Normal people would just be out here like, I found some rocks on the side of the road. Can I have a kernel of corn for these? <laughs> I'll go yeah. poop in your field to fertilize it if you'll feed me for today. I'll do whatever. Speaking of food, speaking of the bartering system, uh, Elizabeth Warren put some tweet out about Bitcoin and how it wastes all this energy and shit and how it's bad for the environment, like mining Bitcoin. And Michael Malice, who I absolutely love and is one of the best people on Twitter, quote, <laughs> quoted her tweet and said, the last time you people didn't understand the concept of private property you traded manhattan for a couple necklaces <laughs> something along the lines of that it's like damn. nice uh, well i think that is the interesting <laughs> thing about crypto is that 
the uh, the people on one side believe in the crypto being completely decentralized that no governments can ever touch. And I, I get that a lot from people when I'm like, well, you know, the United States can make uh, crypto illegal. And oh, how are they going to do that? Well, they just do that. They make it illegal. And then most people are going to just stay the hell away from it. But well, they made a, that, they made drugs illegal, too, and that didn't really work out too well. But you still got to go through CD stuff to get drugs. And if they make crypto illegal, like most businesses won't be able to accept it because it'll be illegal and you can't, you know, your taxes will be messed up. They can come after you, take your business. It's not worth it to take something illegal. Right. And people may wind up in jail. Who knows? They, they may be abolishing those. But there's those that believe <laughs> in, you know, that Bitcoin was going to save the world. And I think the reality is closer to. The uh, crypto that ends up winning will be the exact opposite, which, as you said, like China with their credit score. I think that is where it's going to. And the one that wins rather than, hey, no, the government can't touch my crypto. They're not going to be able to tax me. Bullshit. The crypto that is going to end up being rolled out is going to be government or it's going to be, you know, New World Order controlled. And uh, the reality is you won't have any of your own money you don't get to decide how much you the government will just say how much is in your account and uh that's it and if you if you say something wrong rather than just being canceled off of twitter you'll show up at uh, mcdonald's and be like i'd like a big mac please and you show them your little qr code and they're like Boop. nope can't give it to you sorry and that's it there's no other form of payment so you're fucked <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's china it's China, but sure. I would, China I would, uh, I would think that if it got to that point to where like you have a credit score and the government pretty much assigns you a certain amount of money, that is when a true barter system would start to show up again because you would have a class of people who don't get any money or they get very, very little currency or very little money or whatever from the government. So then they would have to start bartering stuff and you'd get these people that would just be doing all kinds of stuff in order to survive. So you'd basically split the whole, not just the economy, but you'd split society in at least two parts. You'd have the people that did all of the correct societal stuff and get, you know, oh, you get a million dollars or a million social coins in your account this month. You can go buy a hundred Big Macs at a time. It's free. Go for it. And then you have the other people who don't have uh, who don't have any of that stuff. And then they got to go out there. They got to find something, trade labor. Uh, some form of if they've got fields, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I like that. It is. It's all divide and conquer. Go back and read the Weather Underground manifestos. It's all divide and conquer. Rich, poor, white, black, cops, non-cops, all of this. And was this, the, this, you're right. Was the thing if if we can uh, say the king, the meme with the king sitting on top of the castle and his advisors like, if we can convince the people with the torches to think that uh, to hate the people with the pitchforks. <laughs> then uh, we'll yes, be okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. That that is exactly it because then nobody is paying attention to what's really going on. And I think that's what you wanted to get around to eventually on this episode was going to be, you know, distractions. And it's very easy for people to get distracted. And uh it's used. Yeah. It is definitely used. It's used to uh I mean I when I first start getting back into politics maybe what, 15 years ago or so, watching Glenn Beck, it was always, hey, always watch what the other hand is doing. 
You know, he, he was more he was my Alex Boy, Jones, just a little, you know, you know, just as pudgy and not as crazy. He didn't have the beard then. Um, I liked how he used to have the just, red phone. He's like, Obama's not calling me. I guess I'm right. Yes. <laughs> we are waiting any moment. The, the Obama administration could call and tell us where we're wrong. Um, so let but me he was as right. succinctly and calmly as I can explain what's currently happening. But he was absolutely right. Always look at what the other hand is doing. If they are yeah. shoving something down your throat, ask what's going on behind that. Yeah, I think. Um, oh, no. Oh, stop, please. God, <laughs> uh, I think that might be uh, I think that might be a good place to leave it. Uh, I just noticed we're a little bit over time. So um, thanks for everybody in the troll room for listening. It's been Abs and Six Pack with me and Caleb and Darren O'Neill of Random Thoughts, Grumpy Old Ben's. And the Rock and Roll pre-show, which you can listen to before No Agenda every 10 a.m. Eastern, every Thursday and Sunday. And then the day after that at noon Eastern, you got Grumpy Old Benz. Yeah, it's, good it's a good podcast. It, you know, half of it's good. And then, and then, <laughs> the and then there's Rose. Yeah, But uh, it's always fun hanging out with you. And it was nice. Finally, Caleb, I always thought you were just one of the voices in uh, Chris's head. So yeah. it's nice to know you're real. I am. I am real. Uh, hopefully I'm not too loud of a voice in Chris's head, but probably a little bit. But yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He needs a few. He needs a few. Just be the just be the angel on the shoulder. He already has the devil stuff taken care of. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, we'll uh, we'll close with this uh, clip of. Uh, how the Federal Reserve decides what the prudent economic move is. Spoiler alert, they chop a chicken's head off and let it run around, and wherever it lands on is what they choose to do. Uh Uh-oh, problem! Problem again! What is it now? Another insurance company is about to go under. If they do, people could lose millions. Okay, no problem. We better consult the chart. Sirs, another insurance company is going under! Now determining most prudent move for insurance company. (laughs) Bailout! The most prudent move is a bailout! Bail out the insurance company! It's a miracle. Why would someone do this? What is this? What's going on? There, look. It's the Jew. Somehow he got a platinum Amex with no spending limit. What's he doing? He's paying for everyone's debts. Hey, thanks, kid. This is really nice of you. But that's impossible. Why would he do this? So that people have money to spend. Kyle! Kyle, you have to stop this! It's okay, Ma. (laughs) No, Kyle, you'll be in debt for the rest of your life! Please, somebody get him to stop! (laughs) He paid for our debt so we could spend once more. Are we out of the woods yet? Only time will tell. But we must not forget the sacrifice one person made to restore our faith and make us believe in the economy once again. The person we must thank every day for his amazing sacrifice, Barack Obama. Thanks, Obama. Don't forget to tip your podcaster.
Yeah. Uh, uh, I was looking for a Glenn Beck clip while that was playing to close out on, but I can't. I was just waiting on the ad to look. You out. are too stupid to use this. <laughs> the best part about that is Bim Rose was talking to me when he said that. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> literally. Yes. <laughs> Truth in advertising. No uh, shit. Listen to the radio host, Alex Jones. It's Alex Jones. Yeah, this is, a, this is the Glenn Beck rant here. I'll put this in the show notes. Back. Boom. Everywhere. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Mark that spot. The plague lies there. The enemy. There's nothing worse. Little little minion this little this little this little gremlin beck's not even a goblin he's he's a gremlin <laughs> glenn beck's not even a goblin he's a gremlin <laughs> glenn beck glenn beck and he sits there like he's always on a toilet he's in this little face like he's constipated glenn beck sits there on his chair all, he comes on he's like where's this part where he's constipated on the screenshot <laughs> like like back at the beginning of the video because it's so funny how acts all constipated here i'm, I'm uh, split screen here we go his Glenn Beck impression looks like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> this is what they came up with? Let's hear the creature that they dug up out of atheist, God-hating abortion radio. And let's hear what he has to say. Um, what is frightening to me is the, the lack of reaction from What's funny to me, it's all calculated. He, he scripts with actors and hops around, big candy ass. I'm talking about back. I'm so scared. He's like, so everybody's supposed to be scared now. So dumb. Here it is. Um, what is frightening to me Everyone is. Everyone hates you, but the dumbest people. Look how pathetic he feels. Like, ooh. <laughs> Look how pathetic he feels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do hate Glenn Beck, but uh, Alex could have done a little better. Uh, critiquing him here hate you yeah, the yeah. dumbest people sorry go he could have upped his game a little bit yeah <laughs> everyone hates you but the dumbest people look how pathetic he feels <laughs> look how pathetic he feels like ooh, we have the moral high ground here it is um what is frightening to me is <laughs> i'm sorry back at the beginning i mean just because i want to see that constant look um, what is frightening to me is this, this is too sweet see he is such an arrogant piece of garbage let's finish the clip um what is frightening to you're me? a bad person <laughs> You're a bad person. You're a bad, bad person. You're a bad person. He's a trash in my view. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put the full video in the show notes. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. The enemy lies there. The plague lies there. Glenn Beck. You will pay. <laughs> you will pay. <laughs> you are a loser. I mean, look Everyone at that face. Everyone hates you. <laughs> right. I, think I think that's good i think we did it thanks for hanging again darren uh and anybody listening live thanks for hanging out in the chat and links to find darren's shows will be in the show notes as always excellent yeah trolls thanks for playing along so let me as succinctly and calmly as i can explain what's currently happening Abs in a six pack. I hate the Democrats so much. I jerked off to the Zapruder film. <laughs> Do it. But it's not. It's not about credit. But it is. I have a crystal meth medical card. I blame Darren O'Neill. <laughs> ding ding ding. Because this the virus essentially was invented. <laughs> See you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> Thanks again, Darren. It was fun. No problem. Thanks, guys. Always fun.
That was fun. Streets with breach, are we? For decontamination. And I'm probably gonna die in Wuhan. I threw my pets out the window. I did everything right. I wore a mask and made sure not to eat bats. And I don't know what else to do. It's probably too late for me. And I think I'm gonna get the real hot fruit because Bill Gates thinks bio represents rich bread and fryer makes race for shipping viruses that's right privilege right privilege making it to people in bio rash right privilege and I think I'm gonna get to Ruhan through and I think Andrew Yang got it too that's probably why Dropped out, probably in a body bag. A body bag, Yanks in a body bag. On his way to the incinerator. SARS ain't the kind of thing that's specific. Every strand it comes to race. But now I know my praise It's not with Bill Gates Cause Bill Gates is better than us That's why he makes all these great specific bioweapons You can really work it up, work it up I'm serious Just about two weeks before The coronavirus started Bill Gates was running Operation Pest Where 65 million people died And they use it to set up world government It's all about bioweapons, man And I don't even know the rest of the plan But us in Asian accents Kinda hard to prove After a while If you look at the world and look at the problems, it's usually old people, usually old men, not getting out of the way. <laughs> Senator Sanders, you are the oldest candidate on stage this and evening. And I'm white as well. Vice President Biden, I'm going to guess that uh, President Obama did not clear that remark through your campaign ahead of time. 
And what, I'm gonna what, guess what do you he, say to him? I, and I'm going to guess he wasn't talking about me either. Old man debating tonight on the no malarkey tour. Old man so old and so white says Trump's a big fat loser. If elected, you would turn 82 at the end of your first term. You'd be the oldest president in American history. Are like you Winston willing, Churchill. Are you willing to commit American history? American history. Yes. Are, are you I was joking. That was a oh, joke. Okay. Politico doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Old man under the knife. He's still alive but probably shouldn't drive. They took the top of his head off twice. It makes it hard to talk. What do I do? Heart attack, but now he's back, yelling louder than ever about the income gap. At least his son doesn't smoke crack, but there's still a lot to mock. My good friend Joe, and he is a good friend. <laughs> he's received contributions from 44 billionaires. Hey, put your hand out for a second, Bernie. Okay. Just waving to you, Joe. I know, I know. Say hello. I know. Old man running for president, you're an old white Jew. We need someone much younger, and they should be black too. And it'd be even better if they had a vagina. Everybody. Send your smoke signals up. We gotta vote for Pocahontas. Senator Warren, you would be the oldest president ever inaugurated. I'd like you to weigh in as well. Uh, I'd also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast, Abe and a Six Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows anybody can have a podcast, and uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. And, uh, you know, there are two-year-olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that. It, it's just, uh, don't waste your time. Really, really avoid it like the plague. Noah, good God, man, you're the co-host of a, of a show, a talk show, and you can't show up on time to record? I mean, look, I know Abs in a Six Pack is not the greatest podcast in the world, but uh, man, half of life is showing up on time. So get with it, dude. And by the way, remember, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. Abs in a Six Pack! A-B-S-N-A-6, the number, P-A-C-K dot com.